Thank you for joining us for Redeemer Radio's share While we might not have people available to answer phones right now, depending on when you're listening to this, you can always donate online at RedeemerRadio.com slash donate. And you can find more information about share and the different hours at RedeemerRadio.com slash share And please share this podcast with your friends and family so that others can hear about the mission of Redeemer Radio and support it as well. Welcome back to Redeemer Radio share I'm Jacob Laskowski here with uh, the great folks from St. Therese and St. Henry Parish. We've got Father Keaton Lockwood, uh, Paul Gerardo from St. Henry, Amy Karsten, and Elaine Cooper. It's good to be with you all today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Before we get started, uh, Father, would you mind starting us with a prayer for this hour? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we ask that you send down the Holy Spirit upon us to be with all of us, to allow your message to be outreached throughout the world, so that way then others may encounter you through your gospel message, and whomever they encounter, allow our lives to be the light to go out into the world, to help others to find you, to lead them closer to you, for you are Lord forever and ever. We ask this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Father. Well, welcome again. Uh, We've got uh, a great hour ahead of us. We've got some great stories planned. Um, I'm excited to hear some of this. Uh, Our goal for this hour is $2,500. And um, if you could, uh, if you're listening now, you can call in. The number is 260-436-9598. Or you can also give securely online at RedeemerRadio.com. And also by calling or texting the word GIVE to 260-436-9598. Uh, so, like I said, our goal for this hour is $2,500. Um, the highest raised during this hour for St. Therese and St. Henry is $3,500. Wow. Um, we're going we're gonna to beat it. You think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great. I know so. <laughs> <laughs> Paul is very confident. That's great. <laughs> Paul has friends. <laughs> so, Elaine is the school nurse uh, at St. Therese, as well as the drama teacher with yes. St. Therese, the Little Flower Theater. Well, I assist, yes. Um, St. Therese, Little Flower Community Theater was something that was started, gosh, 20 years ago. So I've been involved in it. Um, Renee Gonzalez is actually the current director, but I can't leave it because it's so fun. So I still help her. That's great. Yeah. And how did you get involved starting to do that? Oh, my gosh. It's a history story. But um, So when my kids went to St. Therese and they were very young, when I got there, there wasn't um, a solid music program. So the principal approached me, uh, Chuck Grimm, and he said, um, hey, Elaine, do you think you could just get the classes to sing? And I was like, oh, sure, no problem. <laughs> so I um, started doing hymns from the hymnal. And every time they would have a school mass, I would have one of the classes and they would do a special song. Well, then he kind of conned me into, hey, Elaine, do you think you could be music teacher for like a couple days a week? And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Because at that point I was working evenings as a nurse. Um, all right. So then that grew into, I don't know what I'm doing. I flunked piano as a kid. So I was pretty sure this was God sending me to get this accomplished at the school. And um, it eventually evolved to children in the Fort Wayne Children's Choir. I took classes so I could learn how to be a better music teacher. I took drama. We did all kinds of things. Um, Eventually, every year we had a Christmas program and a um, spring 
musical. So that still happens today. And that's all I was hoping for is that music would just keep going and drama would be part of it. And, and so that still continues. And Amy here is a dance teacher and dance school. Yeah, she roped me in. Yeah. <laughs> she got me involved and it was, it was a great time. We had a lot of fun because my children was also involved with it. So um, I would just, she would tell me what to do and I'd be there and we'd be at practices. But yeah, the plays were, she did a great job. The plays were awesome. We all did. Yeah. It took yeah. quite a bit. They, they were, it did. Yeah. yeah. But they, they looked great and it was a really good time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. I, I, I should mention, um, by the way, for this hour, anyone that, that pledges $120 um, will be considered the, the sponsor of the hour. Uh, it costs $120 an hour to run Redeemer Radio uh, to keep us on the air. So if you could give $120, um, you will get a beautiful green Made for Greatness t-shirt. So call in now. The number to give is 260-436-9598 or secure, securely online at RedeemerRadio.com. Here's the other incentive for this hour. There's, uh, if you pledge $300, you'll be entered into a raffle for a giveaway of Notre Dame tickets uh, donated by Tom and Kathy Skiba. Um, and this is for the Notre Dame USC game, which I recently looked up. Those tickets are hard to come by. So oh, wow. um, yeah. $300 or more, uh, and you'll be entered for that giveaway. And at $400 or above, uh, you'll be considered a day sponsor. It's a great way to honor your loved one uh, or a special day uh, with on-air messaging for Redeemer Radio. Um, okay, so $2,500 is our goal, and we have a few announcements here. We've got a challenge from Father Dan Durkin uh, to all retired priests of the diocese to pledge this hour uh, for St. Henry and St. Therese parishes. Um, also, a shout-out to Father Keaton. Um, and the shout-out is, we are so happy to have you at St. Therese with Father Matthew, we love your smile, which tells the whole world how much you love Jesus. Wow. Shout out for to Father sure. Keaton. Yep. That's right. Always hey. smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Father Keaton, uh, this is your first year as a priest. Yeah, first three months as a priest. Just ordained on June 5th of this past year here. So only been a priest for a few months. And in two parishes to start out. Yep. First assignment with two parishes, St. Henry's and St. Therese with Father Matthew. So, Yeah. Big, big bite for the first time. What's What's been uh, one of the more interesting surprises about your priesthood in the first three months? Uh, it's just how busy the priesthood is going to be. Like, I knew I was going to be busy, but at the same time, like, there's just a lot of little things that go on, a lot of people's lives that you touch, but also being able to touch people's lives in just the little way, as that comment said that uh, that you read off earlier here, just smiling. I think that's probably the most popular comment that I've gotten after people leave mass, when I stand outside to visit with them, is they're like, father, you're, you're always smiling. Why are you smiling all the time? Like, <laughs> like, how is that possible? And I'm like, I've worked basically my whole life to get here to, to be a priest for Jesus Christ. And now that I'm here, I said, you know, I couldn't be possibly happier. <laughs> and I said, you know, all of you guys feed off of me. And so like, if I'm up there grumpy and just, you know, have a frown on my face, nothing good is going to come of that. So like, Every time I celebrate Mass, like our Lord is right there on the altar. So how can I not be happy type yeah. of thing? And plus, you know, I get to see all my parishioners on the weekend when they walk out and they get to shake my hand and talk to me and everything. So it's just like, yeah, it's just super awesome to be able to see 250 plus people, you know, every time they walk out of Mass and just be like, oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah, that's okay. great. I'm not crying. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Shoot. <laughs> We've got some more announcements here. Um, they're they're blocked on the screen. I can't see them all, but uh, let's see. Folks from St. Henry's are an inspiring group. Karen Smith bakes loaves of bread. Maybe someone in the studio will know what this means. Anyone? Yes, that would be me. And uh, Karen Smith is from Huntington. And actually, her granddaughter is, goes to Bishop Winger, and she comes out and paints. And Karen, after our granddaughter came out and painted with St. Jude's Youth Group, um, Karen got real involved with our uh, thrift store and started baking loaves of bread. And um, last week, she baked 60 loaves of bread, and we have about three wow. left. And so what we do is we, um, she, we, she donates them. We charge $2 for each loaf of bread. And, and um, Karen, thank you so much for your heart to give out, to pour out to all the other people. And um, I'd just like to make a little comment about smiles, and um, this hopefully won't make Amy cry, but <clears throat> there's a man called Beach Harmon that um, at once upon a time in my life, I was sitting in a wheelchair, and uh, I was told I was never going to walk again or talk again or do all those things. And it was a few short years ago when I was involved in a serious accident, and this man, Beach Harmon, was smiling, and um, I just don't think that people really understand what a smile can do to someone, because... Uh, it inspired me to get up and walk, and I wanted to make it to him, to his smile, and I wanted to thank him for his smile because it inspired me. So I pull up to uh, stop signs, stop lights, and I'll look at someone, I'll smile at them. And, um, you know, I think smiles are something that you can give without even trying that might warm up somebody's life. It might touch them, embrace them. It might help them and give them some hope because it's warm and embracing. So Father Keaton is... Uh, He's a wonderful man. He's got. He's always got a smile, and uh, we embrace him at St. Henry's as well. Yeah, and speaking about smiling, Mother Teresa said that you'll never know just how much a simple smile will do. And, uh, yeah, I think that this is wholeheartedly accurate, what you just said, Paul, is like every time we smile at somebody, that's like saying to them, like, I love you. Like, I recognize you as a human mm -hmm. being. I appreciate you and that you're just great for being here. Like, you don't have to do anything else. It's just you're here and I can appreciate your presence. And yeah, all evangelization starts with just, just that kind word, that kind smile, just being there for the person, being approachable to other people. Just those, those little things. We uh, want to thank Jean Ness for her pledge. Also thanks to Ann Braun and Mike Donovan for their pledges. We're at four pledges now. We need 11 more. If we get 11 more, uh, we will get a $500 match for this hour. Uh, so if you're listening now, please call in at 260-436-9598 or securely online at RedeemerRadio.com. So um, I'd love to know more about the history of the thrift shop at St. Henry's. How, how long has it been in operation and, and what, what was your involvement uh, at the beginning? Okay. First, I want to comment about Mike Donovan. And um, his sister was a good dear friend of mine, also the principal at St. Therese. Uh, she followed another good friend of mine, Chuck Grimm. And so he wanted to, to honor Jeanette Donna by giving to Redeem Radio. And if anybody knew those two people who, uh, they were very special people. And uh, they were very kind people, filled with love. The hearts were just uh, magnificent. Um, so I, I, uh, I think that's a little more important than the thrift store at this time. But the thrift store has been around since 2009. And it was set up to uh, help out the Burmese when they first came over with some bedding, some clothing and stuff. And really, you know, I'm, I'm the last person. I'm not a thrift store kind of guy. Um, and so um, I didn't have anything to do with it. And um, 
actually, I went in and had some coffee and talked to the guys running it and stuff. Well, then they left. That was a full-time job. And then uh, uh, we had some volunteers run it because, again, I'm the wrong person to be running a thrift store. And um, I just, you know, I just, people go in there. And, uh, but we talk about faith and life and faith in God. And what Redeem Radio does for people, I think, is give them some kind of hope. You might hit the dial accidentally 106.3, but you can listen to that and resonate some hope into you, which um, I live in faith. And uh, so in uh, 2016, I took it over and I thought, you know what, I guess this is something God wants me to do. (laughs) And you know how God has blessed me in so many different ways. I would not know all the people that I know today. And he has taken me to another level of giving. And I'm going to share real quickly a story. And Amy, take the tissues away. But <laughs> So anyhow, my mother, when I was a little boy, about four years old, back in 1966, oh. um, she sat there over me and she said, you know, Paul, there's two kinds of people in life. And she patted my head. I had a nice little crew cut. She says, there's people who think from the nose in and think about themselves first. And there's people who think from the nose out and think about others first. Please, my little PJ, be one of those who think from the nose out. And, you know, uh, Rosemary Gerardo, I hope that you look up there and you know that I'm doing what I can do to live up to those dreams that you had for me. Mm. I know I didn't become a priest, but I try to give to others. And kindness should be something that's something that's so simple to give. It's so simple to give kindness. And people think, wow, well, you know, so that thrift store has really grown. I'm in, in cahoots with 80 different organizations. Um, I just had Indiana State uh, Immigration send me two people from Guatemala who absolutely had nothing. No clothes in their back, no beds. And so... We, they came in last Saturday, and we just uh, we provided them with all of them. So that's really a blessing. And a lot of this stuff has happened uh, because of Nick Gray and St. Vincent's DePaul is our sister parish. And Father Dan, I guess he preaches from the uh, podium quite a bit about clearing the closets and uh, giving. So we send, we're involved in, in, in worldwide companies that we send clothing off to Central America. We send crutches and canes and walkers and wheelchairs to Kenya all over the United States. So there's one thing that I never do is I never say no to anyone because I believe that when when there's a knock at the door, you have two options. You can either open it or you keep it closed. But that's God on the other side of that door opening, and he wants you to open that, help out those people in need because that's what God, Jesus Christ, was sent for. And uh, I think more importantly, that's what people can find in Redeemer Radio. There's, There's some hope, and you know, I've had a lot of miracle stories to tell me about listening to Redeem Radio and that what they found in Redeem Radio and actually listen to my voice and they've come out and volunteered through that. So the thrift store is really um, more than just um, we give stuff to people, but we also, um, you know, we absolutely subside for St. Henry's as well. So it's really a wonderful balance. And, um, you know, people tell me I'm a really hard person to get along, I'll get a hold of. But, um, you know, no, not get along with, Amy. <laughs> well, I might have a couple of people like that, too. But, no, so then we have a lot of hardworking volunteers. So it's not about me. It's not a me kind of thing. I don't like really it coming down on me. We have a beautiful community garden out there, and we have a greenhouse. We have a beautiful outreach to the communities. And actually, Father Keaton said something to me when he was told about St. Henry's. It resonates in my mind what really beauty is. Uh, what he was told about St. Henry's. And um, and I can't repeat that because I don't really remember what the bishop told you. But And, you know, I have to thank the bishop for having faith in us for what we do out there because it's all because the bishop that we are in existence today. So, mm-hmm. And I talk too much, I know. So. Father, do you remember what he said? Yeah, I remember what bishop said is that 
uh, when Bishop assigned me to St. Henry's and St. Therese, uh, Bishop said that that St. Henry's is like, uh, it's kind of like the lighthouse that's out there. It's like, it's a beacon drawing other people closer to it. And that the thrift shop is like what's keeping that community afloat out there where there's so much outreach that comes from the St. Henry thrift shop that the Catholic church has to exist there. So that way then we can continue to outreach to people mm. and bring them closer to Christ. And so that's why he also saw that I was needed there with Father Matthew too, because of just the outreach that we do, the people that we're drawing into the parish. It's, yeah, you know, it does come a point that we actually need two priests there now to actually be there for people, to help them and draw them closer to Christ. That's great. We have a few more announcements over here. We've got uh, a pledge in thanks for Paul and Father Keaton. Well, thanks, thank Paul. you very much. And thanks, Paul. We've got a uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to Nick Ambrose. Thank you for your pledge. Um, Jenny Mormon uh, and Sherry and Mitch Malin say thanks to Paul for all you do for the St. Henry's Thrift Store. Uh, Luz Maria uh, Castaneda, uh, thank, thank you for your pledge. And Rochelle LaRue. Yes. We're getting close to that $500 match. So if you are listening now and want to make a pledge and help us get that extra $500 match, please call 260-436-9598. We've got a lot of volunteers here at Redeemer Radio waiting for your call. You can also give securely online at RedeemerRadio.com. We have two more pledges that just came in, Ed Scott and Connie Puff. Do these names all ring bells for you guys? Yes, they do. And um, Ed Scott is with the Carpenters from St. Vincent. So he's a cousin of mine, comes out and volunteers and... Uh, you know, I can sit here and bore you with all the things that, that, that I found out are wonderful. Carpenters from St. Vincent with Mark Schmidt, Ed, they actually uh, started to um, build brand new tables, three by five tables, because the influx of so many people coming in that actually they would help deliver those to people who had absolutely nothing. And so that's the Carpenters St. Vincent's. And uh, Connie Puff is a lady who um, comes and she always wants to bring me meat and food and all kinds of stuff because she's really involved in the, uh, with Donnie Foster downtown on Sunday nights they give out to the homeless. And so Connie's been a, a sweet lady and a customer of ours for about five or six years. And um, I just want to, I want to text, uh, I want to challenge all the people that I text that might be hearing my voice, please call in. Um, so I, I wanted to meet the challenge that was called upon me for being a, a leader for the pledges. And so I hope you hear my voice and you call me, call Redeem Radio and pledge. That's right. And we have a few more to announce as well. Daniel Drysdale, Walter <laughs> Rorick, and Mary Murchich. Thank you, Daniel. Walter Rorick's a good St. Henry's guy too as well. So if somebody wanted to be involved with St. Henry's Thrift Shop, wh wh where would you lead them? Um, <clears throat> I'd lead them to 3029 East Paulding Road. <laughs> no, actually, you can call me, 260-417-5569, text me or call me. Um, you know, we have two, two. we have so many different volunteers, and we've been blessed with a couple. I'm going to name them Cindy and Andrea from St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. Uh, they shopped there for many years, and then they finally said to me, can we volunteer? I said, absolutely, yeah. When can we come? I said, you come on Tuesdays, Thursdays, come whenever you want. And we're uh, not open to public on Monday. Monday we do a lot of. Uh, donation pickups. And um, so they come now on Tuesdays and uh, they found a value us. And actually, as I sit here, it's been about five years ago that Suzanne Dunn and Phyllis Jackson heard my voice over the Redeemer radio. And they've been coming for five years now. And I'm telling you what, Phyllis Jackson, if you're listening, I'm going to tell you, 
and Suzanne Dunn, they're the most hardworking women that I know outside maybe Rochelle LaRue, who is uh, kind of like my right-hand person. She is the manager. She runs the thrift store or the, the greenhouse. And um, they kind of laugh when I take um, Rochelle with me to pick up donations. They don't ever think that we can get it. And they always want help. I said, you know, she'll be fine. She'll get that. <laughs> she, she's so yes. Yeah, so just just um, you can email me at pjgerardo at gmail or just text me two six zero four one seven five five six nine. We need volunteers. Absolutely, we're 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 fueling volunteers. That's what makes us go. Great. We've got a. a, a Exciting announcement to make over here. First, thanks to Ken Happner for your pledge. And because of that, we've hit the $500 match. All right. Awesome. We're currently at $1,577. Our goal for the hour is $2,500. So if you're listening, uh, please call in and help us out at Redeemer Radio. The number to give is 260-436-9598 or securely online at RedeemerRadio.com. And when we come back, uh, we're going to hear a great story from uh, Father Keaton. In his first year at the seminary, apparently it's an incredible story. We're also going to hear about how Amy got her current role at the parish uh, through the help of Redeemer Radio. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. You can give sustaining support to Redeemer Radio by becoming a recurring donor. Ongoing contributions help to reduce our dependence on Sherathon and allow us to focus on programs and future needs. Your recurring donation can be automatically charged to a credit or debit card or transferred from a bank account. I came back to my faith in my mid-twenties, and so for the period of time that I was not practicing, I feel like I missed out on a lot, a lot of learning and enrichment and understanding the Catholic viewpoint. So Redeemer Radio and its programming helps me. I feel like I'm catching up, and and it, it just fills my brain and heart with so many wonderful things to keep me thinking throughout the day. Redeemer Radio programs accompany listeners at every stage of their faith journey. For men and women raised in the faith and those searching for the fullness of the truth, our programming has something for everyone. Your donation helps bring the truth of the Catholic faith to listeners 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. It costs about $120 to provide Redeemer Radio listeners with one hour of Catholic programming. All donors who give this amount or more automatically qualify for a specially designed t-shirt. Call today and support Redeemer Radio's efforts to amplify the voice of the Creator with content that invites. And welcome back to Redeemer Radio's Fall share I'm Jacob Laskowski, and I'm here with the great people from St. Therese Parish and St. Henry Parish. Um, in particular, Elaine Cooper, um, who has a little bit of history on uh, how St. Therese, uh, or St. Therese, I've heard both, but St. Therese, how it came to be. I learned, I was, as the kids say, today years old to find out that it was several different churches uh, who that have burned down over time and, and rebuilt. How yeah. did it all, yeah, how do, how do we get there? Well, as I understand it, there was a chapel out at the Bearfield um, base for the air, oh mm-hmm. gosh, Airport. yeah, mm-hmm. and they didn't want it anymore, and so St. Therese bought the the chapel and actually physically moved the whole chapel to where the, our parking lot is now. And it was there and it burnt twice. I remember the second time, I think I was um, just received first communion. That's why I was six or seven. And the story was that Father Benno, who was there, ran in and as the church was on fire, got the tabernacle 
That was the thing he was most concerned about and ran out of the church. And we reused that building for a long period of time until it was pretty much not able to be used. So we moved the church into the school. So the bottom layer of the school was the church. And then after many years of that, which we put up with that for a long time, Mm -hmm. um, we did then finish our beautiful church where it stands now. And that used to be my playground where all the swing sets were and everything where it (laughs) is now. But that took quite a bit of... um, uh, a lot of parishioners that came together to make that happen. And it was it's just wonderful where it stands now. And it's a solid church. And yeah, it beautiful. just feels really good to have that church there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More, um, you know. Good community. Yeah. yeah. The community was all, all Built about in that. 2003? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2003. Yeah. So we have, uh, uh, we've received all the pledges we needed to get that match. But now we have a new match. If we get nine more pledges uh, in the next half hour, we get another $500 towards our goal. So if you're listening, Father, what do they do? They have to call or text 260-436-9598, and you would text the word GIVE to that number, or you can donate securely online at RedeemerRadio.com. Yeah, come on, St. Therese. Let's go. let's go, St. Therese. (laughs) All right. Thanks to George Cunningham for your pledge. It gets us closer. So we need eight more pledges to get that extra $500. So, Amy, uh, you were telling me before the hour that uh, Redeemer Radio was was somewhat helpful in guiding you to your current role. Yes. So um, I've been a parishioner. Well, I grew up at St. Therese. Uh, my siblings all grew up there. Uh, three of my older siblings were all married there. Big history with St. Therese. Uh, I had a dance studio. And when my husband and I closed that, um, I needed something full time. And I had this conversation with God saying, okay, I need something full time. And I need, if you could, you know, I want to do something mission, you know, mission work. And if you could make it work where I can go to mass during the day too, (laughs) while I'm at work, you know, just, you know, all those things. So these were the things that I just kept talking to God about in my a uh, former supervisor had told me about the position at St. Therese and she knew I needed um, full time. We talked a lot and she knew what I needed. So she told me about that and it all happened like in a week. It was really, really fast and got the job. Super excited because the parishioners there are just amazing. And um, two days after I got the job, I was going to my mom's house and I had Redeemer Radio on because it, it never fails. Whenever I have Redeemer Radio on and I'm looking for an answer, God gives that to me right through the radio. So I always get a confirmation or an answer whenever I have Redeemer Radio on. So this time I was listening to Father John Ricardo, um, his podcast, which I love. And he um, was talking about mission. If you are working at a parish, it's it's a mission. If you're working at a parish and you're just doing, you know, your nine to five job, you know, that's not for you. You should not be working there. And I was just like smiled and went, thank you, Lord. That was my confirmation. (laughs) Cause yeah, I truly love being at St. Therese. Um, Every day goes by so fast and the parishioners, they just give so much. It just, it's so attractive to me because that's something I want to be a part of when I see how much all these parishioners give and then they keep giving, like they give something big. And I know some of these People don't even have it, and they still give even more. And I'm like, oh, it's just something that I'm so proud to be a part of. Um, 
yeah, I'm going to cry. Well, and Amy, <laughs> yeah, you, you were just... my inspiration because when I heard that you were coming back, I was like, okay, it's a reverb. We're going to do this again, yeah, me and Amy. Yeah, so I decided I'm going to get involved. And, and, yeah. and of course, I roped you in on something. <laughs> so got to have you back in. But And my daughter, she's you know trying to get that new generation to come back too. My daughter is mm-hmm. going to start the dance team back up at St. Trees. Jesse's going to do that. So That's excited awesome. about that. And um, just bringing some new life back in there. But Father Matthew and Father Keaton, uh, they're so Powerhouse. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. wonderful. So and good so for us. fun to be yeah. around. Like, yeah. In the office, I just, yeah, it's always exciting <laughs> in the office. So um, just to say when I first got there too, how welcoming. I had flowers. I had candy. <laughs> I had, you know, homemade get, you know, homemade cookies. It was just like Wow, these it was just great. So come on, St. Trees people. I know you can do it. <laughs> Let's pledge. Thank you, Jeannie Ness, for pledging. But um, yeah, it's just a blessing, answers to my prayers. And God always gives you those confirmations, especially if you're asking for them. And Redeemer Radio definitely does that for me. So I, I can't imagine not having Redeemer Radio or Father John Ricardo listening, <laughs> not being able to listen to him. So um, yeah. It's been good. It is a gift. And speaking of giving, um, we're grateful for Colleen Hawkins for your pledge. Uh, Colleen says that everyone at St. Henry's has big hearts, which we've just heard from Amy, of course. Um, and uh, she also has a note that anytime there is a need, Paul delivers. I believe Shout that. Shout out to Paul. Yeah. Alicia Vasquez, thank you for your pledge. Rosalba Osorio, uh, Gerardo Nino, Anne. I'm going to say that wrong, hopefully not. Anne Bosses. And Father Matt Coonan, thank Yay. you for calling in your pledge. We're getting closer to that number where we get another $500 towards our goal. Uh, if you'd like to give, Father, once again, how do they give? You can call or text the word GIVE to 260-436-9598. Or you can go online to RedeemerRadio.com and make your pledges there. And we're at currently at $1,900 uh, Nineteen ten, I should say. Uh, we've got twenty-two pledges overall, so we're getting very close. Very nice to our twenty-five hundred dollar goal. Uh, please call in. We just need three more to get another five hundred dollar match, and then we're basically at our goal for the hour. Awesome! I think we're we can get past close. our record, though. Paul's confident in that. <laughs> <laughs> Father, um, this being your your first three months, as you said, of being a priest. Um, but your your travels to getting to the priesthood uh, weren't as swift as maybe you had thought going into it, right? Right, right. Yeah. So uh, long story short, so each priest has what they call their vocation story. And uh, I'll just give you guys the shortened version of it because there's something that happens after the vocation story, which is what I'd like to highlight here. And I think it's good for everybody to, to hear about this. Um, but leading up to where I entered the seminary, uh, in sixth grade, my mom and I, we moved to Fort Wayne to start attending St. Vincent here in town. And, uh, I received first Holy communion in sixth grade there at St. Vincent. It was a big life-changing event because until that time at St. Vincent, like I knew I was Catholic and I go to mass with my grandparents, but mom always worked two jobs. So we quite literally were one of those families that we, there was no time on Sunday to go to mass or church. So uh, we finally, she was able to go down to one job there in uh, sixth grade. So then I, we had time to go to mass on Sunday. And that's when I received First Holy Communion. And they threw a big party for me at school to like congratulate me. And I got a, an award that year for being the most changed student that year, um, just for, you know, 
taking the next step in my faith journey. So that was really awesome. Um, but then later on, I was praying and like, you know, God, what do you want me to do in my life? Because Monsignor John Kuzmik, former pastor at St. Vincent, was very influential in my decision to enter seminary and consider priesthood. Uh, for once again, when I first saw him up on the altar, um, all I knew is that he's a priest and he's doing something called mass. And I just want that for my life. Like I want that disposition that he has. I want those characteristics that he has. And so I just prayed with that for many a year. Uh, and then one year as I was finishing up high school, I just heard the little voice and it was, yeah, you're called to be a priest. So I went and I applied and went through the whole application process and met Bishop Rhodes. And when I met with him senior year in high school, you know, 18 year old boy, uh, met him. And after we talked for a little bit, he's like, Heaton, well, I think that you should go to college for a couple of years and then come back and reapply. Well, of course, my my hopes and dreams were just shattered then at that point, because I'm like, you know, God, I know that you, you're calling me to be a priest. Why not? Like, what's going on? So I did what any mature 18 year old man would do is uh, I went out to my car and I called my mom and I just started crying to her and explained the whole situation. Um, and then she reassured me, like, you know, just do what Bishop asked you to do and everything will be OK. So two years later, I came back to reapply because Bishop said, you know, in two years, come back. So I came back. And as soon as I walked into his office, he said, oh, Keaton, I'm surprised you came back. So if that doesn't make your heart start beating really fast at that point, like start sweating and getting nervous. Um, then after our meeting was over, he said, well, do you have any questions for me? And I said, yeah, I have two. You know, am I a seminarian? And he says, oh, yeah, I thought I made that clear. I'm like, OK. He's like, well, what's your second question? Well, my second question is, you said that, I, that you were surprised that I came back. Could you explain that? And he says, oh, yeah, I bet that had to be worried, didn't it? Yes, you know, that, that did have me worried a little bit. Um, <laughs> and he said, he said, Keaton, do you, do you see my file cabinet? So I lean back in my chair. Yeah, I, I see your file cabinet, Bishop. And he says, do you see the bottom drawer of the file cabinet? I lean back even further in the chair. Yeah, you know, I, I, I see that bottom drawer. And he says, that's where I put all the folders of guys that I tell to come back. I've never once taken a folder out of that drawer until you. When you came back, huh. I took that file folder out of the drawer. That's why I was surprised because you should see that drawer. It's filled with paperwork from guys that I've asked to come back and nobody has until you did. So with that understanding, then I went to seminary in Columbus, Ohio, to the Pontifical College Josephinum. Great place to be at. People often say it looks like Hogwarts when you first show up. So if you've seen the Harry Potter stuff, that looks like Hogwarts, apparently. Um, but during my first year of seminary, it was spring semester, getting closer to Valentine's Day, more or less. And after my morning class, I had Latin in the morning. So, you know, nothing like a somewhat boring class to wake you up in the morning. But, uh, when Latin class was over, the vice rector came out and pulled me out of the classroom and said, Keaton, we have to have a meeting. It's urgent. Okay. Like this is, this is weird, but okay. So I go with him when we go into his office and we close the door and I'm like, you know, father, just as a friendly reminder, I got class in five minutes. Like we got to make this quick. And he said, uh, Keaton, your mom has terminal brain cancer and she's in the hospital and you have to go home because you're the only child and next of kin, because my parents are divorced. And he says, you have to go home and be with her. You know, I had just seen my mom, we're talking a month or so ago during Christmas break, 
was perfectly fine, noticed nothing wrong with her. And now I'm being told that she's going to die at any moment now. And I have to go home as a 21 year old person to be home with her and figure everything out. So one of one of the guys who's now a priest for our diocese drove me home because, I mean, you, you can't think in that moment. Went home, got to the hospital. Father Andrew, our vocation director, was there. Super great guy. Met me, was there with me throughout the whole process. Um, and I got in a room with the doctor. And uh, after I the doctor explained everything, I said, you know, you have to tell me how much time my mom has left. No, no, we can't do that. You know, we don't put numbers um, and I remember just becoming somewhat frustrated at him. And I said, you you have to tell me, you know, do I have a week? Do I have a year? Like, you have to give me something. And he says, don't expect more than six months. So I said, okay, I can work with that. So in about three weeks, I learned about the whole hospital system, nursing home, assisted living, Medicare, Medicaid, lawyers, very well versed on all that. But now we fast forward. So visiting my mom basically every day, stayed home with her, went back to school to finish out the semester, moved into St. Vincent Rectory with Father Dan and all the other priests. Um, and now we fast forward to the beginning of August. It was a Sunday in August, August 9th, served Mass at St. Vincent as a seminarian, you know, got done with Mass, said hi to people afterwards, smiling at them as we talked about earlier, uh, went downstairs, changed out of my seminarian dress and put on normal clothes, and Father Dan comes down the stairs and he says, uh, Keaton, are you still here? Yes, you know, I'll, I'll be out in a minute. Just let me finish getting ready. So then I come out and just by the look on his face, something bad had happened. And he said, Keaton, your mom passed away. And of course, I mean, what do you do at that point other than just break down and crying when you find out that the person that you love most in life is, is gone and you had just seen him yesterday? Um, so I just broke down, started crying there right in front of him. Um, he took me upstairs and he prayed with me. We prayed the rosary or rather he prayed the rosary while I listened. And at the end of the rosary, uh, he gave me that rosary, which I still carry around in my pocket to this day. And it's the rosary that I pray every day, um, because of that incident. But then he went on to explain something to me. And I think it's important to, to hear the rest of this too is that he asked me, he says, uh, Keaton, do you, do you know what time your mom passed away? No, Father Dan, like how, how am I supposed to know this? Like I just, you just told me. And he said, she passed away at 9.45 a.m. Okay. And he says, Keaton, do you know what happens at 9.45 a.m.? No, 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 Father Dan, like I, no, what, what happens at 9.45 a.m.? He says, that's when we start distributing Holy Communion here at St. Vincent for the 9 a.m. Mass. Okay. And he says, Keaton, do you know who was first in line to receive Holy Communion at the 9 a.m. Mass? Father Dan, if I didn't know the other two questions, how am I supposed to know this one? <laughs> and he said, you were. And he says, your mom waited until that exact moment in which you could receive Holy Communion so that way then she could be more closely united to you in that moment than she ever was in your whole entire life. And my friend earlier in the week, Nick Wusterbarth, uh, he had taken me out to dinner a few nights earlier to try to help me out during this situation and just to help take my mind off of things. Um, and Nick is a nurse now too. And he said, well, Keaton, maybe your mom's just, just waiting on Sunday. 
because all the hospice nurses had said that there's no reason why mom should still be with us. Like she was, she should have passed away many days ago. And I told Nick, you know, no, you know, she's not waiting on Sunday. You know, she doesn't know what day it is or anything like that. And he says, well, maybe she just is. And I was like, okay. Uh, it turns out he was right. You know, God had a plan in that he was waiting on Sunday to take mom home. So that way then I could be receiving Holy Communion in that instant that she would have passed away. Um, and then we had the funeral for my mom and all the seminarians from the Josephinum showed up, all like 80 plus of them. They came out to be there with me. And while we were having the burial at the Catholic cemetery there, uh, Father Dana told me, he says, Keaton, I know that you can't see it, but behind you stands 80 plus seminarians. And these are your brothers in life to support you and to be with you. And they're doing that beginning right now with you while being here. So the reason why I share that story is one, to help you guys to get to know me too, to know, you know, a little part of me from where I come from, but to also share with you that even when you encounter these things in life, these obstacles that seem like that they're impossible to overcome or the road is not there any longer or what's going to happen, like your life is in shambles and it might be in shambles for a little while, but God can always bring good out of it. God can help you to bring good out of that situation to be there for you. Uh, and I can't tell you how many people I've had a conversation with since my mom has passed away about this very thing and just helping them go through the death of their loved one, one of their parents to be there with them and to basically tell them like, I kind of know what you're going through. I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I can sit here with you because I have felt that same pain that you're feeling right now. And I know how hard it is to lose somebody that you love. So, hmm. so that's, that's a lot of, lot of life experience for, for a 21 year old male to all take in yeah. all at once while still trying to go to school and then to still be beyond this path. And I tell you to, to wrap up that story there, if I didn't have my faith, and this is the honest truth, if I did not have my faith and also helped it be informed in the seminary there, um, I don't know where I would be at today. I don't know how I would be able to handle the death of my mother because, yeah, she was the most important person to me in my life, and she was gone in a matter of six months. So it just, yeah, you talk about something rocking you to the core and something hurting so deeply, but my faith was there to help support me throughout it all. Uh, and I firmly believe that Mary was there throughout it all, the mother of Jesus. Um, I, I vowed that the first day when I moved into seminary, I went to, I spent five minutes in the chapel and I prayed there. And I said, Mary, you're my mother now more than ever uh, because I have to live away from my mother. And now I need you to be part of my mother in my life. I need you in my life. And then shortly after my mom had passed away, um, I told Mary that she's my mother now and that she's got to be with me now in this life to help me out. And she is, yeah. Oh, yeah, very and much now, so. And, and now we all know a little bit more about, especially with that story of, of that Holy Communion that you shared when she passed, now we know a little bit more about that joy and the smile that you have right. immediately after Mass that we talked about right. at the start of the hour. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. We have a few people to thank. Lori Dwyer, thank you for your pledge. Uh, Greg and Molly Roman. Uh, Jane Aker, Acri. Thank you for your pledge and a shout out to Paul and staff and volunteers of St. Henry's Thrift Store uh, from Jane. Also to thank you to Catherine Minnick. I think we're getting pretty close to that 
final match uh, for the extra $500. Oh, yeah. We still got a few more minutes left here. So if you want to call or text the word GIVE to 260-436-9598 to give your donation here to for St. Therese and St. Henry's to represent here. Or you can go online to RedeemerRadio.com to make your pledge here so we can hit our goal here before the hour is up. And Pete Duran just gave his pledge. Thanks, Pete. He says to, hello to Father Keaton. Hi, Pete. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are getting close to that. Look at where we're right now. We've at, we're at $2,925. So we've uh, gotten that second bonus. We're above our goal for the hour, and we're not too far from the record for St. Therese St. Henry Hour. That's right. We're getting real close here. Father Keaton, thank you for sharing that story. You're very welcome. I hope we can fill the hole that you're, you know, you're without your mother. I hope that we can show you the love that the parish has for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You you guys being at the parishes here at St. Therese and St. Henry's, one of my greatest joys is to be standing outside after Mass and just to see people smiling faces as they're walking out, be able to see all of you face to face, be able to shake your hands, have a little five second conversation with each one of you. But just to have that presence there with you and just to see the joy on your faces when you leave mass um, because of what happened during mass. And to always let everybody know that, you know, father's always here to talk, to listen, to be there, you know, whatever you may need. I may not be able to give you, you know, 20 minutes after mass because there's 500 other people that also need to say <laughs> hi to. Um, but, you know, we're always here for you. We, we priests wear signs, you know, figurative signs on us that say, you know, please bug us. Please let us know if you need help. Like <laughs> we're here. And it's just that joy, spreading that joy, that gospel message little by little to others whom we encounter. So that way then when people look at us, you know, they are, they're able to see Jesus in us, not see us for ourselves, but see Jesus working through us. And we have some more people to thank, Mr. and Mrs. Robert Felicia, uh, volunteers at St. Henry, Rob and Vicki Lordy, Chris Carace. Oh, uh, and Ray Coversit says hi to Paul, and he says uh, that he grew up on Gerardo Road and you didn't. Tough luck, Paul. <laughs> Great conversation. <laughs> Any response to that, Paul? <laughs> also, thanks to Lisa Alfin. And we have blown past our goal. Thank you so much for pledging. Uh, you can still pledge. We still have time. It's uh, 260-436-9598 or securely online at RedeemerRadio.com. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Thank you to all of my parishioners, all of our volunteers at both places, um, just everybody who's supporting us during this hour here, supporting Redeemer Radio. It's super awesome that we're able to, to band together in this type of community to support a common cause, a cause that's able to get Christ out there onto the radio waves to help all of us, but also a chance for you just to be able to hear us and just you know, laugh with us, cry with us if you need to, or to know that we're always here to support you. We're here. People, you know, got great resources between all of us. And if you ever need a smile in your day, stop by the St. Henry's Thrift Shop or St. Therese uh, Parish Office. And I'm That's sure right. Plenty That's right. Stop, yeah. stop in and see Amy. She's always smiling, always <laughs> willing to help. So <laughs> I just say, too, if you're searching for something to do, like um, you need something in your life, the church community is well there. It, it's there. It'll fill the hole. Um, it does that for me, and it does that for a lot of people. And you just by giving and giving of yourself, and just wanting to be there, it it helps so much in your life. And it and I know that St. Henry's 
Um, they need the volunteers. My boys love to volunteer there, um, but they love Paul. So um, it's it's just great to be part of a community and um, people that really care about the church. And if you're searching for that, definitely get involved in one of the churches or our church or somewhere. But I know, um, and, and start listening to Redeemer Radio. It's just a great, they always have wonderful programs. Great. The phones are still ringing. So thank you for calling in. Uh, we got a, a pledge from Donna Dragon, uh, who says she cried after Father Keaton's story. Told Thanks ya. for pledging, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that a lot. Most of the stories that I tell, they're, they're heartfelt or they, they ensue tears afterwards. So sorry for everybody in the future who gets to listen to Father Keaton's stories. But yeah, they're very meaningful and they just help you to connect with me and help you to connect with life situations. Real quickly, I just want to say about Ray Conversay, I might not have grown up on Gerardo Road. I just happened to be a Gerardo for life. <laughs> and, and Ray um, actually is a hardworking volunteer for both St. Henry's and St. Therese. He's a parishioner uh-huh. at St. Therese. And um, he always makes excuses, well, I can't be there today because I'd be at St. Therese. And then I have to hear from Cheryl why he's not home doing what he's supposed to be doing. Ray. <laughs> but Ray, Ray, I've known for uh, some 40 some years when he taught at Lures. <laughs> so Ray Conversay, you're a blessing to so many different people without even knowing it. And that's what God really inspires into us is when you give, you shall receive. And so Ray, thank you so much for all you do for both parishes. And with that, we have blown past the record for this hour. We're at $4,025. Congratulations. We've made it. Awesome job, St. Therese and St. Henry's. Awesome job. Thank you so much for all your love and support. Father, would you close our hour with a prayer? Sure thing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty and merciful God, we give you thanks for all the gifts that you have given us, gifts in this life, and gifts that we have yet to receive here in the future. Allow our minds to be open to you, to always do your will, and to help us to carry our crosses in this life, so that way then we too can see your love working for our benefit in our lives. Help us always to reach out to others, to bring them closer to Christ through our words and our actions, even in the simple actions of just a smile. And we ask this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amy, Paul, Elaine, Father Keaton, thanks so much for joining us. And and to all the parishioners and everyone who pledged, thank you for pledging. Um, If you want to stick around for the next hour on Redeemer Radio, I'm staying around. It's the final hour of Share-A-Thon with St. Peter's. uh, So we'll be back in a bit.